Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Great to be here uh, with you. Uh, if you've never been here before, my name is Steve. I'm going to get the chance to share with you out of God's Word for the next few, few moments. We're starting a new sermon series today called Life, Life and Death. Seems dramatic, doesn't it? Right? You remember being a teenager and asking your parents to buy you something and they, they were kind of hesitant? What would you tell them? If you, didn't get, if you don't get this for me, I might die. You ever said that? Like, I might die. It seems really dramatic. And so let me just kind of give you a little riddle of... Uh, what we're going to be talking about, some of you already figured it out because you know the Bible and you read the verse and you get it. And so, but don't ruin it for your neighbor. And so uh, we do this between, depending on the person, between 7,000 and 20,000 times a day, right? Some of you have already done this 20,000 times today, right? And so seven to 20,000. The only things we do more than this are breathe. We breathe about 21,000 times a day and we think between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. You know what I'm talking about? Words. Or some of you, you haven't, you haven't even got to 100 yet. You're dutchy, you're mad, it's morning, right? Some of you love life. You've already, you're, like I said, you're already at 20,000 for the day. You're like, 20,000, let me, give me an hour, right? And so, words, the power of, of, of words, right? Remember when you were a kid and uh, 8 o'clock service, by the way, I had my, my, my questions if they would actually do this. And so, uh, but you remember being a kid doing tongue twisters? You guys remember that? That's the title of my message today, uh, tongue, tongue twisters or twisted tongue, whatever you want to say. Remember, remember tongue twisters, though? Will you guys just humor me both here in Montgomeryville? And would you just, when I, when I bring this up, can you get, bring that tongue twister up for me? You have that one? There we go. Okay, you remember this one? Okay, on the count of three, all together, don't, you know, don't be lame. 8 o'clock service did it, right? And so... They're lame. I'm just telling you. And so, right? On count three, both, both, both campuses. One, two, three. Peter. I'm too cool to do it with you. And so, I'm not doing that with you. I didn't know if you would do it or not. And so, right? Uh, tongue twister. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. I, I, no, that's, that's, not, that's too long. That's too long. And so, let's not even try to do that one. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. There you go. You ready? On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Six. Slippery snail slid slowly seaward. Say it again. Six. Slippery snail slid. Some of you were trying to get your quota out for the day. Do it again. Six. Slippery snail slid slowly Some of you are really serious about it. I can feel you, right? You want to do one more? It's fun to be a kid, right? Let's do let's, one more. No, not that one. Don't I have a shorter one? That's the shortest one. All right, let's do it. One, two, three. Betty bought a bought. I am in. I can hear a woman's voice somewhere in here, and I am impressed. We should just give you, I don't know who you are. That's impressive, whoever you are. The rest of you, we're going to stop, right? And so, you're one, and so uh, tongue twisters. And here, here's why I, I say that. Like, we just, when you say those, you just say them mindlessly, and you don't even think about what you're saying, right? And here, here's what I found when it comes to the words you speak. Um, You'll talk, not even know what you're saying. Anybody else? You're just, you'll just diarrhea of the mouth everywhere, right? Just let it go, right? Just, just go. Like, it's just, you just, you just talk. It's like a, it, one person said it's like a pillow 
with feathers in it. You cut it open. You drive down the road. Once those feathers disperse, you can't ever get them back. No matter how hard you try. Another youth pastor told me, your words are like toothpaste. You ever try to squeeze toothpaste out of a toothpaste tub and then try to put it back in? Like you're, you're going to maybe clean up a little bit of it. Your words are powerful. Uh, in fact, uh, the writer of the book of James, his name's James, weirdly enough. And so James, he is the half-brother of Jesus. And so the half-brother, the reason he's a half-brother is Jesus was born of a virgin, Mary. But Mary also had an earthly husband, Joseph, and they had their own kids. And so one of the reasons I believe that Jesus is real is because there's a portion of Scripture where he's trying to tell his family, I got work to do, I'm doing the Lord's work, I'm God's son, and his, his brothers are like, Jesus, Really? Like, we get it, you're the firstborn and all, but man, you got it. The world does not revolve around you, right? He's like, actually, I hold the world in my hands. That's another, another story, though. And so then he dies on the cross, and James, who doesn't believe in him before, sees him resurrected and dedicates his life to telling people about, about Jesus. And so here you have, you have James. He's the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Most theologians believe the church has about 100,000 people. He writes a letter to this church. They're being persecuted, and he writes a very practical book of the Bible, the most practical book in scripture, in my opinion. And he writes about some things that most Christians are not good at. Most of us have no idea how powerful that, that our words are. And here's what he says in the book of James chapter three. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example, although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. He's trying to relate, man. He says a, a boat. He says an animal, a forest fire. They're, they're all started with small things, right? The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can seem to tame their tongue. It's a restless evil. Full of deadly poison, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Is he preaching right? Some of you experienced that on, just on the, way, on the way to church today. Right? Your spouse sitting by, you're like, are you really singing that? You're trying to hit that key? That's not the key you were hitting a sing. You are hitting F key a second ago, right? Right? Like you're, 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 you're singing and now you're, you're, you're cursing, you're... You're speaking negative, and now you're, you're, you're speaking positive. The, the, the tongue. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, this is where we got the verse from, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. I've been reading this, this next book, and so I had, I had low expectations. I'm not going to lie, low expectations for it. It's kind of thick. Words are smaller than the last book I read, and so I, I judged it real quick, but I jumped into it anyways uh, because I thought reading you know, is a good thing. And so I jumped into this book, Please Sorry Thanks, by Mark Batterson, and I had low expectations from it, and it's completely rocking my world. And uh, in the first chapter, he gives this visual picture of a tongue. He says, here's one, one way of describing the tongue. He says, the tongue is like a two-sided uh, uh, a tool, right? Uh, and one side is, is like a spoon that you feed somebody life with, and the other side is like a sword that you can kill them with. You, you decide what side of the, of the tool 
to use. The, the tongue has the power of life and, and of death. And the book it gave this stat, and this was shocking. We know this, most of us, but 40% of the life that you live, the life that you live, is based off the words of other people. 40%. There's things in your life, literally, you understand. Some people fed you uh, a good, fed you life, and other people in your life have fed you de death. And most of us have both in our life. We can remember moments in our lives when somebody spoke life to us and said something to us that stuck with us for years. And then, you know, you know, you can remember somebody said something to me that I've never been able to get, get away from. Like, it constantly impacts my life. The tongue has the power of life and of death. And so what I want to do is I want to spend, I'm not sure how long, uh, I started thinking about all the different ways that we speak, the words of encouragement, words of correction, uh, lying tongues, like all of the different types of words that come out of our mouth. So we're just going to work on this because I think if we could get this, get this together, that we would literally have a changed church. Like this is one of those things most Christians never get. We read it, we're like, oh yeah, that's a big deal. You know, you leave, you say whatever you want. Your tongue has the power of life and of death. So here's what I want to do. I want to just build a foundation today with, with something that as I was studying this week that the Lord showed me in the very, book, the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter, chapter 1. I want to show you something that I think is, is so true. So what I called this is the words of wisdom, some words of, of wisdom. Here's number one. Number one, words of wisdom. Your words create your world. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about the one thing that is the most annoying in your life right now. Just one, just one, just one, just one, right? Just some of you are like, I got a list, right? Like, hold on. Just one. What's what the most, could be a relationship, could be a spouse. Some of you sitting by right now. You're sitting by them right now. Some of you, it's a kid. Let's just, let's, can we just, you have kids, you, you just, your kids, something in your life that you wish was different right now. You guys got it? Could be a job could be your physical health, could be your finances, could be the people that drive in front of you every day, could be Monday mornings. You, everybody have it. Everybody, come on, come on, 9, 9.30, everybody have it. Everybody say yes? yes. You got it, right? Just one, just one, just one. If I could tell you how to begin to change that really simply, would you, would you, would you want to? Because what you're doing is not working. Are you tracking with me? The way you're, you're speaking about it, your attitude, your counselor, Dr. Phil, Oprah, whatever you listen to, online, YouTube, some of you YouTube, how do I fix this? It, you, you, it's not working. Your marriage is still crumbling. Your kids are still falling apart. Everybody is still annoying. Your workers, some of you own a business. You're like, I want to fix my employees. I can't find any good employees. How do I fix my employees? And you're trying one way. It's not working. Some of you have a financial situation and you're, you're really on it a certain way. It's not working. Some of you health-wise, you're, you're just falling apart. Literally, you're just falling apart. It's like you got spiritual leprosy. It's just falling apart, right? And, and you're just picking up pieces of you and trying to hold it all together and it's not working. Some of you, it's your mentality. Some of it's your attitude towards work. It's just not working. So I want to teach you something really simple from Scripture. You ready? Number one, your words create your world. Your words create your world. So we are created in God's likeness and image. Did you know that? Now, some of us, were, we went to school. We were taught about amoebas and then monkeys and then people and then, you know, playing of the apes and then death, right? And so that's that's where we're going, right? And so it's not happened yet, but that's where we're going, right? And so you have this evolution happening, and we came from nothing, and, you know, nothing made nothing, and, you know, it, it's really confusing. And so that's one way to look at it, if you want. I, I choose to look at it through the, the, the lens of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible talks about how the world was created. 
The world was created from nothing by, by all-powerful, all-creative, all-knowing God. He was involved in every mo moment of it. And uh, he created us in his likeness and in his image. And so sometimes you get people in, they're confused. Like, is, you know, what's, what's the most important part of, of the world? What's the most significant part? Humans are. People are. God created us in his likeness and image and, and put his breath inside of us, gave us a soul. And so when I talk about animals, sometimes people get mad and, you know, you have, you have like cat moms and cat, you know, dog, dog moms and dog parents now and all this stuff going on, rhinoceros parents in here at one point, like all this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 animals and humans are the same. I'm like, no, no, animals were created for humans. It's not, we, we were, we're not equal. When animals die, there's not a gospel they could have prayed. How many times did you pee on your, your owner's shoes? Do you get to heaven? Like an, animals, they cease to exist. They don't have a soul. Some of you are like, no, my animal's going to be in heaven. I'm like, what's, what's, what's the criteria for that? Did you lead him in a sinner's prayer? Did they make it there on their good marriage? Like, what, what happened? No, he's really, like, that's not the way it works. We, we, we are God's greatest creation. We have a soul in, in our lives. And so we are created in his image. And because of that, we can learn about how he created life through how he created life. We, we can see it. And I want to show you something in Genesis chapter 1 that is so significant, right? So important. So, like, I read it this weekend. Maybe it's not going to be, you know, crazy for you, but I read it, and it, it like, the Bible says that scripture is alive and active. It jumped off of the, 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 the book to me, like the words. They were just, I was like, oh, I never saw that before. And so what I want to do, I want to read this to you, Genesis chapter 1, and I want to read it until you see the pattern of how how God created the world. Can I show you that? Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 1. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. Verse 3 says, and God, what does it say? And God what? Come on, say it like you mean it. And God? Okay, and God said, you're going to notice this in scripture. This is the flow. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God, what's the next word? Saw, saw that the light was what? Good, the word good. God said, and then God, that it was what? The Bible says we walk by faith and not sight. Too many of us walk by sight lacking faith. When I ask you about that thing in your life you want to change, what you'll typically tell me is what you see. Here's what I see about this. Here's Here's what they're doing. Here's how annoying they are. Here's what their attitude's like. Here's the problem. They're the problem. They would just be like me. You know, I've been praying, God, God, change them. Make them more like me. God's saying, only, this world can only handle one of you, right? What do you mean make them more like you? You're a big enough problem. I'm trying to fix you. You want to make it, right? You ever do that? God, change them. Make them like me. We, we, see, we see people. We see ourselves. We don't really see much wrong with them. We see everybody else. We can tell them everything that's wrong with them. We don't think they see it, right? And the Bible says that he says it and then he sees that it was good. It keeps going. The Bible says, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate the water from the water. So God made a vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And so it was. Separated the sky from the, from the sea. And God called the, the, the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning and the second day. And God, what does it say again? And God said, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. Let dry ground appear. God called the dry ground land and gathered waters he called seas. And God, what does that word say? Saw, saw that it was what? Good. It was good. Over and over and over again. Then God saw that the land produced vegetation. And he saw that it was good. And then he, then he made man in his likeness, in his image. And he saw that all that he had done was what? 
So let me just, let me just show you what the Lord showed me. God said before he saw. It jumped off to me, maybe not to you. Because I typically, I typically see and then speak from what I'm seeing. I, I walk by, by sight. I, what am I seeing? Let me explain to you what I'm seeing. I got to tell the truth. I got to tell it like it is. I got to call you out. I got to tell you what I'm seeing in your life. The Bible says God says it before he says Maybe stuff is not good in your life because of what you are repeatedly saying already. Maybe you're speaking death. If you want to start seeing something different in your life, you must first begin to say something different. If you want to change your world, you got to change your what? Your words. It's something like this. It's too simple. Sometimes God makes it so simple that we're still so stupid. But think about it. He makes it so simple. We're like, it can't be as easy as that, right? No, no, no. I went to school for years and did this and all that. It can't be as easy as simply changing how I'm speaking about things. You, you know, Ikea. I love Ikea. We built our church on Ikea. Ikea did this experiment year, years, years ago. Years ago. You can go on YouTube, I believe, and see it. And Ikea is not a Christian company. But I love when, when, when the world, when they, they prove that scripture is real. They prove that scripture is right because the Bible was inspired by God. It's all right. And sometimes it takes science years to catch up to what the Bible has already proven, right? And so, like, in Ikea did, did this experiment. They had a box with a plant in it uh, and a box with a plant in it. Same plant, same plant. Box with a plant, box with a plant. Same environment, same setting, same dirt. Same plant, same everything. The only difference, the only difference in the experiment, in one box they piped in bullying, and in one box they piped in encouragement. They spoke to their plants. It's kind of weird. And they did this experiment for, for, for many days. And what they found is the plant, that same setting, same resources, same soil, same everything, the only thing difference was the words that were spoken. They piped in bullying. You told the plant, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're little, you'll never grow and amount to anything, you're just like your mom, you're just like your dad, you know, stuff that we say to each other. You're so stupid, you're so annoying, you're so insignificant. And then you know what that plant did? It withered. You can go actually see it. The other plant they spoke encouragement to, you're amazing, you're so green. You're tall, you're strong, you're significant. You're not like anybody else this world has ever seen. you got a purpose and a plan from the moments of, of your foundation. God's been thinking about you. I know that because he, he sees his eyes are on the sparrow, and they spoke. They didn't say this to the, this plant. And they spoke words of encouragement. You know what happened? Same water, same soil, same atmosphere. You know what happened to this? This plant thrived. If Ikea is good enough to figure out what the word of God says, why do so many of us miss this? Maybe you're not seeing what you want to see because you're not saying what you're supposed to say. Your words are a self-fulfilling prophecy. Proverbs 12 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords and the tongue of the wise bring healing. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. Proverbs 15, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. In other words, I started thinking about it. If you constantly whine, you'll experience more weight in your life. You ever notice that? If you always complain, you'll see more chaos. If you criticize all the time, you'll see less community. You ever notice that? Like, why does anybody want to hang out with me? Because you criticize them all the time. 
You criticize, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see people, they'll see you coming down the hallway, they'll, what, right? You criticize, you, you, you gossip, you'll see more grudges in your life. You'll create more, more fences. On the flip side, when you compliment, you, you'll, you'll see more confidence in some. You ever do that with somebody? Every Sunday, I stand at the doors out there. I tell you, I'm greeting people. I'm just trying to see what kind of mood you're in, right? I'm just trying to see what kind of, what kind of people you're going to be. I'm trying to see if you got the joy of the Lord. And today, you had it. I was proud of you guys. Every once in a while, one of your kids will walk by, and they'll be wearing something that I legitimately think is cool, right? And they'll walk by and be like, man, that's a cool shirt. Or those are cool. What size are those shoes? Let me get those shoes, right? Those shoes. I'll wear those shoes. And you can see them. When you, when you, when you, when you compliment them, what do they got? I'm going to church right now. I might get married today, right? You change, you literally change what's going on in life. When you encourage, you'll see more repetition. What do you want from that person I was talking about? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Well, you know what? If you criticize, they're going to run. If you encourage, you might see more repetition. Gratitude, you, you'll, you'll be, when, you, when you're grateful, more will be given back to you. That's what gratitude does. Kindness will bring more connection in your life. You are either giving people something to live up to or down to in your life. So let me ask you one more time. What is the one area in your world that you wish was different? What if it was as simple as you beginning to speak? You, you say it, and then you'll, you'll see it. Let me, let me just add on to this, because a few years ago, 2019, we did kind of a similar talk on, on the tongue, and God gave me just a little more, so I feel like he just kind of added to, to, to what I said then that I want to make sure I teach you, because it's, it's stuck with me, and it constantly reminds me uh, and I'm, I gotta be, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm far from being a finished product. Like, I'm, uh, my, my tongue is just as loose as your tongue. Right? My, my tongue needs to be controlled just as much as yours. But James says nobody can control it, right? And so we're all good. And so we're trying to figure it out a, as we go. And I just want to kind of piggyback. Okay, your, world, your, your words build your world. And so he, here's, here's, here's how I want you to remember this. Number, number one is this, what I'll call the cycle of death then in, your, in your life. The cycle of death in your life. And here, here's what happens. In your life, you see what I will call a burden, right? So whatever I talk to you about right now that you want to change, you're saying, man, yes, yeah, a real big burden. Your big burden. My neighbor's big burden. My, my family, big burden. My in-laws, anybody got any in-laws? Big burden, right? Like the big burden. My, 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 my co-workers, big burden. My spouse, my kids, my work, my, my school district, whatever you're at, man, I see this burden in my life. And when you see this burden, what do you do? You begin to complain and criticize and compare. And, and what you're really doing is you're cursing it. You're looking at what you, you're going through, and you're speaking words of, of curse, cursing over it. And here, here's what God told me. What you curse always gets worse. Write it down somewhere. Your words build your world. God was saying it before he was seeing it. Here's what he wants us to understand. What you, what you continually curse in your life will continually get, 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 get worse in your life. I mean, I, think about it. Anybody, anybody ever go on vacation in this place? You're getting ready to go on vacation. I'm getting ready to go to Colorado. I'm going to go to Colorado for a week, and we're going to see a moose. I promise. I've been praying. God's going to show me a moose, right? And so it's only fair. And so I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to see a moose and, uh, and, and, and eat salmon right off the right. Like just catch salmon. Just bah, right? And so 
right? Like it's, and so I'm like, you'll see my brother and sister-in-law. My in-laws are coming from Oklahoma. We're going to stay in a, stay in an Airbnb. We got a little hot tub. You can see the, see the, see the, 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 the real pine, real pine trees, real mountains, right? Not the Appalachians, right? And so like all this stuff, I'm going to Colorado. Then a few weeks after that, uh, I'm going to get to go down to Myrtle Beach, right? And when I go on vacation, here's one of the things I do. Uh, I begin by nature to begin to compare where I'm at to where I live. Anybody else? I get on, I usually get on Zillow at some point. <laughs> Anybody? And I start looking at real estate. Anybody do this? I start looking at school taxes. I start looking around at people. When I go to Myrtle Beach, right, and I'm there for a week, I start envisioning you compared to the people that are there. Anybody else do this? There's people that I, I'll go to church in Myrtle Beach. I go to the same church, New Spring, every year I'm there. And I go to New Spring, and, and I don't really know anybody there. But when I walk in, I, it's like I have people there that know me better from five minutes of being with me or are more comfortable with me than some of you that I've known for 10 years. Right? Like, it's, they're just different people, right? You, you walk in, they hug you, try to get you to hold their kid, you know, invite you over for a barbecue, like, you, know, you want to move, and like, it's just a different world. I'll start, compl- I'll start, I'll start comparing, I'll look at the real estate taxes, I'll, and then I'll look at the houses, how much could I get for what I had here, and, you know, could we restart, how many people could I talk into moving here with me and restart Journey Church, and who could take it over, in the, and may, maybe I just won't go back, right? Maybe, maybe I just won't go back. Maybe I'll just pretend, you know, and, and all, all of a sudden, I'll start, I'll start complaining about this, area. We got the highest taxes. We live in Chester County. Look at the schools. Look at all this stuff and think about you and think about the world and all stuff. And I don't want to go back. Anybody else? It doesn't make you come back, pull up into the Philadelphia airport or drive up 95, get home, be like, yes. Look at houses, pull up to my house. Look at this dump. <laughs> you ever do that? Piece of crap, right? Like you just look at it, look at your kids, right? Like don't make it better. What you curse is the truth. Always gets worse in, in your life. Some of you speaking. In fact, uh, in the book, he says this, and because he's talking about complaining. He says, if, if you were all forced to wear a voice recorder that captured all your conversations, and if those conversations were made public for the whole world to hear, would you have to go into hiding for the rest of your life? Yes. <laughs> just, just yesterday. My, I have, a, I have a, a neighbor that I live by, this, this older gentleman, and I walked out. He asked me, for, he asked me a question. We talked a little bit. And he, said, he said, hey, give, give, give that number to that tree guy. We, we exchanged pleasantries. And then he looked at me. He said, 16 push-ups, huh? And I was like, what? He was like, 16 push-ups. And I thought he was calling me small. So I was about, about to do 15. Oh, so I'll do 17 push-ups right now, right here in this, in this driveway. And he said, no, you said something about 16 push-ups in your sermon last week or a few weeks ago. I said, I said, you know what Facebook is? You listen to my sermons? You know what I thought to myself? He's my neighbor and my garage doors get left open all the time by accident. Who knows what he hears from my house? It, it got me together real. I'm like, I, gotta, I, gotta, I better clean up my mess, right? Better be patient, right? You're, you're, what you curse in your life, complaining and, and criticizing and comparing, it always gets worse, right? It has never fixed anything in your life. Here's two things practically it does. And just agree with me, preach with me if you agree with me. Number one, it drains you. It is absolutely draining. One person said it's like an energy vampire. It sucks the life out of you. You ever hang out with a bunch of people who complain? It's miserable. 
It drains you. It's contagious, right? Like it just draws more and more negativity. It's what I call the Eeyore, Eeyore effect. You know what I'm talking about? No matter where Eeyore goes, his tail, his tail rips off and he gets rained on. So I'm like, oh, I got a black cloud of negativity around me, and I got a black cloud of, of pain, and I got a black cloud of problems, and I got this rain cloud over me. No, you're complaining, and you're drawing that to, to yourself. What you curse always gets worse in your life. And I, I started thinking about it. I think Satan loves this about Christians. I think Satan tunes his ear into our curses, our complainings, our criticizing in the same way that God turns his ear towards our humble prayer. Let me just explain to you theologically, Satan, because some of you are confused by this. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, outside of time, everywhere. He's in your thoughts. He was outside. He's before the foundations of the world. He, 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 he puts you together. He knows the, the breath in your lungs. He knows the hairs on your head. God knows you better than anybody knows you. Satan is not all-powerful and all-knowing and all-sovereign. Sometimes people are like, I think Satan's out to get me. I'm like, you're not that important. Right? Like if Satan's on the attack, because he's, he's not everywhere, omnipresent, all-powerful, all all-knowing, trust me, you are not his greatest threat, right? But he does have demons. And I think his demons communicate with him. I think his little demons, I think, you know, Ned or, or, or Frank or some, some demon name like that, right? Like, <laughs> right? Billy, right? Something like that. Just some weird name, right? I think they're in tune with Satan. And, he said, and they say, hey, hey Satan, hey, uh, Steve, he's over here complaining about his kids. Is he now? What are they doing? They're just you know, being kids. They're, but he says they're being annoying. We could turn that knob up three. I think this, I think this marriage, I think it's, it's on the rocks here. Like they seem like they're, 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 they, they forgot how to love each other and care for each other and encourage each other and, 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 and praise each other. I think it's on the rocks. Let's turn up frustration, like four. Let's just put that in their way. What we, we, we tend to speak in frustration, Satan is often using for destruction in our lives. That, that's why Paul says in prison, the apostle Paul writes to the, the church of Philippi and he says, do everything in Philippians 2 without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without, if we did that, we wouldn't do anything. Because <laughs> most of us can't do anything without grumbling or what's the other one? Or arguing. He says, do everything. And by the way, he's in prison against his will, waiting to possibly go behead, be beheaded by Nero. He's saying, even in this situation, doesn't give me the right to complain, doesn't give me the right to grumble, do everything without grumbling or arguing. What you curse always gets worse. So what's the, what's the flip side? What is the cycle of life, right? If our words build our world, number three, what is the, what is the other cycle, the cycle of life? Here, here's the cycle of life. You begin to see a blessing, right? Everywhere you look, you see a blessing, you see a blessing. What you see as a blessing gets praised, and what you praise always prospers. I want, I want, I want, to, I want to say it to you again. You begin to see. What did, what did, what did, what did, I, what did I say in Genesis 1? God, God said it, then he, he saw it, right? He said it, then he saw it. So you begin, right, because you've been speaking negative about stuff, so you're going to move back, and you're going to begin to see things the way that God sees them. You're going to begin to see things as a blessing. So you're going to see your spouse. You're going to see your family. You're going to see your, your, your health. You're going to see your job, right? Some of you, you need, you need to reevaluate that job. You need to see it differently. Some of you, it's your kids. Some of you, it, it, it's, it's driving, right? Like you just, some of you, it's just honestly, it's just Monday morning. Every Monday morning, you just grumble. You complain. Whatever it is, you're going to see it differently. And what you see differently gets praise. And what you praise always 
prospers in your life. I, I, I'll, I'll give you this example that was so, so good in the book. Uh, you guys remember Brett Favre, right? Brett Favre, uh, he didn't finish that well, but, but uh, he had a very prolific career as, a, as a, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I believe he's from Mississippi. And uh, in the book, he talks about this in Brett Favre's life. Brett Favre made the Hall of Fame. And uh, when he got to the Hall of Fame, he shared this story about his father. And he said, uh, I was playing high school football and my dad was the coach. And I had an awful game, an awful game. And uh, I went into the locker room and my father, my coach, was in his office with the other assistant coaches and I overheard him speaking. No telling how many times, by the way, people in our life overhear, overhear us. I overheard him speaking. I had an awful game and here's what he was saying to the coaches. Uh, he had a bad game. He was very truthful. He said, but I know my son. I know he's going to get it right. I know he's going to work harder. I know he's going to do better. And he said, those words got me all the way through my career, every struggle of my career, every, every up and down of my career. I heard my father's voice saying, I know my son. I know what he can do. I know he's going to work harder. I know he's going to get it. What he could have heard is, I should have had more boys. I don't think this kid got it. He's not wired like he needs, like the great ones. He didn't do this. And if, if he would have heard that, we wouldn't know who Brett Favre is. What you praise always prospers. Try this with your spouse this week. Some of you, all you do is complain about your spouse. They don't act like you, think like you, do money like you. They don't look like you. Thank God, that'd be weird, right? They, 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 they don't clean up like you. They, 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 they're not perfect like you, like you right? Like we'll, we'll get to you at some point here, right? They don't do everything like you. And all you do is put them down. You put them down. That is the way you try to motivate, right? You motivate through criticism. And, and what you see is a spouse who you're losing more and more and more of. Some of you even in this place, you're, you're so far away, like you're separated right now from your spouse. If you took an evaluation of, of, of who you are in your relationship, the majority of your relationship was pointing out everything that person did wrong, and you wondered why it fell apart. So try this for this week. Some of you, you won't even be able to speak it because you're so, you know, messed up in, in, your, in, your, in your ability to talk like me. You can't be vulnerable. You can't say you're sorry. So you're going to have to start with writing it and then reading it, right? So just start there. Some of you, you're better. You're very vulnerable. Just sit down, look at your spouse, and say thank you. Thank you for, for teaching me grace. Because but my main relationship with, with on this side of eternity is with God. And what is, what is the, main, the main foundation of my relationship is what? Grace. So thank you for being the number one person that teaches me grace, buddy. <laughs> thank you for how much you love me. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you. Maybe you have kids. Thank you for helping me have kids. You're welcome. We can do that again whenever you want. I appreciate you. When's the last time you said something uplifting to your spouse? Like really uplifting, not, not like an empty I love you. When's the last time you recognize something in them? Maybe you have kids and they're driving you crazy. Driving you crazy. And you are speaking what you're seeing instead of saying what you want to see in their life. So you begin, you begin by faith, you begin to speak into their life, right? Into who they are, into what they're going to become. You, you begin to praise what you praise prospers. If you own a business, I can promise, somebody trying to figure out, how do I get better employees? Simple. When's the last time you praised? When's the last time you sat down and said, thank you for giving your blood, sweat, and tears to this company? 
Thank you for how much you care. Thank you for how much passion that you have. I appreciate you. I recognize and I see. You want, you want people to, to, to prosper? What you praise prospers. When's the last time you got in your car and you thank God for that traffic that you're behind? Have you ever thought to yourself that the sovereign, all-powerful God realizes that if he lets you go the speed that you want to go, that somebody's going to hit you head-on at some point in the road, and so he brings Martha in front of you to slow you down? I mean, I don't know if that's true biblically or not, but it could be. God could say there's a crazy driver driving that's not going to stop. At a, it happens all the time. I almost got killed the other day. That's not going to stop. And, and literally, I went to the, I went to, I'm a, I went to the one-way one covered bridge. Why do we have those, by the way? Right? One-way covered. And nobody ever does what they're supposed to do there. Ever. Nobody does three at a time, makes the line go faster. There was clearly a sign there for two weeks. They don't listen. And I remember I was waiting there, and, 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 and somebody was supposed to go in front of me, and they didn't go, and I had to wait one more second, just one more second to, to get up. And I pulled through that, and I was so mad at them in front of me. I was so argumentative. I was like, can't believe this. I got to the light over by the Dunkin' Donuts, and as I'm getting ready to pull through, this car, the light's red, on, and I'm waiting. I'm about to go green. This car comes flying by. I'm not even lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Flying by, never even looks. My first thought was, what the heck? And then I thought to myself, thank you. Thank you for that bad driver in front of me. Thank you for protecting me, God. Thank you. One, one more second earlier, I might, I might get healed, but, uh, killed, but more, even more importantly, my wife was in the, in the passenger seat. She listened to me complain all the time. When's, when's the last time? I, I promise you, if you would just give me a week. Just give, give me a week, just, give, just, just a week, just one week of your life, one week of my life, where we said, you know what? I'm not going to complain about anything this week. Could you imagine? Some of you wouldn't even be able to talk. You'd be like, I'm going to be silent this week. What's wrong with you? I'm just trying not to complain. I, I'm be honest with you. It'd be better for you spiritually to not talk than it is for you to complain all the time. It'd be better for your relationships. It'd be better for your kids. It'd be, it'd be better. If you're not going to speak life, it'd be better if you're not saying anything. But here's the flip side. What would be really beneficial is for you to begin to be filled up with the, pres the life-giving presence of God and for you to speak and begin to speak life to other people. Here's why. Blessing or praising is the number one need in a human heart. Did you know that? Think about the story of uh, Jacob and Esau and Isaac. Isaac's their dad. Uh, Jacob tricks his dad into getting Esau's birthright. He blesses Jacob. He leaves. Esau shows up, shows up with soup. He's like, I want my blessing. And God, he's like, I already gave your blessing away. And he says, bless me too, please. There has to be something left. He wanted his father's confirmation. He wanted his father's, uh, you know, words of life. He wanted his father to see something and bless me too. Somebody in your world is saying, I wish you would just, I wish you would just, Bless me with praise for once. I guarantee you, your marriage would change, your kids would change, your work would change, your relationship with God. Some of you, you you're a negative self-talker, even. Could you imagine if you just spoke life over yourself, if you woke up every day and you got every promise of scripture that's about you, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No weapon formed against me shall prosper every day. That's all you said to yourself. Instead of saying stuff like, man, I suck. I'm not good enough. I can never do this. I can never get there. I can never accomplish this. I can never do anything of value. Negative self-talk? What if you just spoke words of life? What, what would happen in your, in your world? What you, what you praise prospers. What you curse gets worse. 
What's the one thing in your life you wish would change? You change it with your words. Your words change your world. Would you stand to your feet? Would you better to close your eyes? Easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to think of that person. Think of that person. Think, think of that person. Think of that person. And so for me this week, I was like, man, my, my two older sons, my, my teenage sons, they need more praise from me than cursing. They need more. So I was preparing this message and I got on, on the thing and I took a screensaver of a Bible verse that I thought would be touching and I texted them, I love them, and they didn't respond. Left me on unread. <laughs> I went to the phones, they didn't even click on it. <laughs> I wish this, you're like, well, what's gonna happen? Nothing, right? But the, the point is, you think something nice, say it. Say it. Like some of you, you have somebody that's not here. You're so resentful towards them. You're so embittered towards them. You're so angry towards them. You, you, you can see yourself. You've cursed that relationship and it's just gotten worse. Well, why don't you just, when you leave this place, why don't you just call them up? It'll probably shock them for the very first time. You're not calling up to argue. You're not calling up to fight. You're not calling up to criticize. You're calling up to tell them you appreciate them. Next time you're with the in-laws, you're not starting to fight. You're not looking at all the negative that they, they do and their opinions. And man, you're going, man, thank you for caring so much. Thank you for raising the kid that you raised. Thank you for the spouse that I know have the impact. Thank you, man. What if you just started speaking like that? What if you got to work tomorrow? You walked into the office where you're the boss and you went to every person's desk and you looked them in the eyes and you had something already written out and decided to speak into their life. It'd be better than any bonus you could ever give them. I promise you, your words create your world. It's, it's, it's not new age. It's not a gimmick. It's just God's word. The tongue has the power of life and death. What's the one area? It's as simple as that. It's a simple, some of you, it's a car on the car ride home. You're going to pull off the side. You're going to look your spouse in the eye. And you're going to begin to speak life into them. Just pull, pull, pull off. Don't do it while you're driving. Look them right in the eye and just speak life right into them. I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure what the situation is, but we all have areas we wish would change, both here in Montgomeryville. And as we, uh, we, we, we contemplate, we think about, we react to that. We're going to react. We're, 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 we're people that have, we hear the word of God and then we put it into practice, right? That's faith and works. That they're together. We're going we're gonna to go work this out this week, right? And maybe you're in this place, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And since you've been in this place, man, something's been happening. The Bible says when the word of God is proclaimed that he will draw people to himself. And he knocks at the door of your heart. And what he's saying is, I want a relationship with you. The creator of the universe knows you and wants you to know him. I think that's when life actually starts, my friend. When you don't know where you're from, you don't know what you're supposed to do. When you don't know what you're supposed to do, depression and anxiety set in. You don't know if anybody cares about you. You don't know if you're important, significant, have any value. But when you meet your creator, when you realize what he did for you, right? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus died while you were in your sin. He was dying for you on a cross. That he gave up himself for you. The Bible says that he was placed in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose in power. And it's through him 
that you are reconnected to your Creator, that you can have a real relationship filled with life and life to the full, filled with purpose, filled with love, real love, filled with hope. So maybe you're in this place, and as I've been, been preaching, uh, the Bible says that he knocks. You can, you can almost feel it physically. He knocks at the door of your heart. You didn't even know what that was, but that's God. That's your heavenly Father. And man, he's been watching you. His eyes have been fixed on you. He brought you into this moment, this service, these rooms, this, this message to change your life. But he needs your participation. He can do a lot with a simple yes. By the way, that's another powerful life-giving word. One simple yes. Three letters. Y-E-S. Yes to Jesus. Changes everything. You can say no. You can run. You can hide. You can rebel. You can carry your own weight. You can do that. Or you can stop running. You can stop trying to carry the weight of your world. You can say yes to him. And one yes changes everything, friend. Changes everything. So maybe you're here today as we close this service out and we contemplate the power of God's word and you resonate with that. I don't know Jesus Christ, but I need to. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he would meet you right here in this moment. He would forgive you, heal you, and set you free. It's a powerful moment that you need to say yes to. I don't know Christ, but I want to. I don't have a relationship with God, but I want one. So today, Jesus Christ, I'm going to put my faith, my hope, and my trust in you all over our houses. If that's you, God's knocking at the door of your heart. Here in Montgomeryville, you would say, Pastor Steve, I don't know Christ, but I need to. I don't want you to think too much about the person to your right or left. I want you to think about who you are and who God is calling you to be. And if it's your moment, if it's your, your date, if it's your time, if it's your service, when I ask you in a second, if that's you, I want you to respond in faith. I want you to shoot your hand straight in the air. And that is a symbol between God and you. Today's my day. Jesus Christ, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Come on, young, old, never been here before, been here many times, been to church, never been to church, know the Bible stories, don't know the Bible stories. You know this. I don't know Jesus Christ, but I need to. I'm going to say yes to him right now all over this house in Montgomeryville. If that's you, would you shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, Pastor Steve, I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. There's a hand right here. Is there anybody else who say, Pastor, that's me. Another hand over here. Would you just keep your hand held high for one more second until I see you. Jesus Christ, would you be my Lord and my Savior? Come on, let's pray together all over this house and in Montgomeryville. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I no longer want to be responsible for myself. I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Because of what you did for me, today I'm a brand new person. My sins are forgiven. My future is secure. All my days are in your hand. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Lord, as we celebrate that with heaven all over this place, would you just 
would you just pray a, a prayer of confirmation? The Spirit's been speaking to you. There's a relationship that you, that you, that you, that you said. You, you, you said it. You can't change it now. Some of you are like, I didn't know you were going to ask me to do this. Don't you change it now. Whatever that relationship is, whatever that situation is, whatever that one thing is, I want you to hone in on that. I want you to read all you can about the power of words. I want you to begin to think about all of the areas of your life where you've cursed, where you can begin to praise, and I want you to just begin to speak that into their life. I want, I want you to begin to bless other, other people the way the Lord has blessed you. Just commit just a week, just a week. Some of you, it's reconciliation with somebody you haven't talked to for years. You're carrying a weight around your life with, with a relationship that's been splintered for years. And the Spirit of God, you've been saying, man, how can I change it? How, how can I fix it? How, how can I go back and make things right? Here's the thing. You can't go back, but you can go forward in life. Who's the person? And when I, when I, when I say amen at the end of today's experience, I want you, listen, I want you to sprint after what God is calling you to do. Sprint. Go after it. Like just uh, whatever he's telling you to do, I want you to make the phone call, take the drive, set up the meeting, send the text, uh, uh, write the letter, send, send a, a Facebook message if you lost their contact. Do whatever you need to do to do what God is calling you to do. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. Don't let fear, don't let intimidation, don't let worry get in your way. Let's pray together one more time. Holy Spirit, would you just sweep these places, these rooms, Montgomeryville and Phoenixville, with the holy sense of conviction and righteous courage. Conviction and courage. Would you, would you speak clearly to us? Many of us, we've already, we already know what we're supposed to do. And would you give us the courage and the guidance and the direction? Would you give us the words to speak? And Lord, we are grateful that because of the simplicity of your word, that we're going to begin to see healing and life in our relationships. Lord, the tongue has the power of life and of death. And we are a church filled with people who speak life. So Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for being with us today in church. We love you. We don't deserve to be in your presence, but you meet us here every week. We're thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray. All over this house, would you shout amen? Montgomeryville, would you shout amen? Let's clap together. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, Visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.